Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. Uh, the tag you just heard for the opening of my show, I'm really excited about tonight. We have a bunch of uh, different tags I'll be playing. Is featured from Zero by One Sound Studios, and you can check them out at 0x1sound.com. And we're going to be featuring an advertisement tonight on my show by this amazing studio that is based out of South Jersey. So stay tuned for that a little bit later. And again, thanks so much to Zero by One Sound for a bunch of uh, tags that we'll be featuring on my show uh, to introduce it. So I'm really excited tonight. We have an amazing guitarist and songwriter that's going to be joining us named Steve Bellow. And we're going to be talking about the Steve Bellow band tonight. Um, he's got some amazing stuff coming up. We're going to talk about his show at the Strongman Ballroom and really get to know who he is as a person and a musician. So I will introduce a little bit of background on him in a moment. But if you're just tuning in tonight for the first time or you're new to the show, I always like to give just a brief introduction about the show. I started it back, I can't believe it's going to almost be a year, well, it's going to be this April, but I started it in April of 2011, and the concept I really wanted to create with this um, show and forum was to create a show where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry. They could be comedians, musicians, authors, entrepreneurs, anyone doing anything exciting and creative um, and trying to get their names out there. Um, a little bit of background on myself is um, I'm also a clinical psychologist. I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology. And one of the things I really enjoy doing in my profession is interviewing people. Coupled with uh, a background in the entertainment industry, I'm also a singer-songwriter with a full-length album out right now. It's um, under Carrie Edelman. If anyone's interested, you can purchase it on iTunes or any other major digital sites, and the title is called Leave It All Behind, and I'm looking forward to releasing some new music actually in the very near future. So I'm a singer-songwriter. I do some writing for a variety of different magazines where I combine my psychology background uh, with my experience in the entertainment industry, looking at things from a uh, marketing and advertising perspective. I use a lot of different kind of self-help type of um, forums that I write. And uh, the other thing I do is the radio show. So the forum, as I said, was really created to promote people out there, support them, and just really help spread their names to uh, the audience and uh, the world. So on my show, people are going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, as well as what it's like to be in the profession. And a couple of things I just kindly request people keep in mind. I do have a very good sense of humor. I'm a big Howard Stern fan. Um, the show isn't meant, I just like to put this out there in the beginning, uh, to be any type of a formal therapy session. Um, I know people will sometimes ask me questions because I'm a psychologist, and I have no problem answering um, things in more of an educational format um, by talking about psychological terms and concepts, but the show isn't going to be providing any formal therapy or treatment. Um, even though I'm sure Steve can comment that the music industry is crazy, and uh, I haven't been involved in it nearly as long as he has, but I've had my own fair share of experiences along the way, um, so we can maybe comment on some of those uh, things he's encountered. And secondly, I want people to also feel free to talk about 
any um, exciting, maybe controversial stories, anything that's going to be entertaining. But I do request that they keep specific names of persons, organizations, etc., anonymous, because I don't want to embarrass anyone, even though I want people to feel free to uh, talk about whatever's on their mind. So if you're tuning in right now, please create a Blog Talk Radio account. I do have a chat room open, and I will do my best go back and forth between the switchboard, the chat room, but my primary focus is going to be on Steve tonight and the interview. Uh, Again, unfortunately, I'm a one-person show here, so I do everything on my own, and I want to make sure that I really devote my time to him and promoting his band. So in the chat room, I have a bunch of information about his upcoming show at the Starland Ballroom. That's going to be on February 4th. We'll also promote that a lot tonight, and it's going to be him performing with, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, and he can comment, uh, Oli, John Ross, and Leslie West. So he's going to be opening for them at the Starland Ballroom on February 4th. So please purchase tickets for that show. And if anyone wants to call in, the number tonight is 805-243-1320. Okay, so let me give you some information on Steve, and then we're going to bring him on the show. So I always like to make my show a little more personalized um, rather than just really, you know, just throwing questions out. So Steve had uh, contacted me a few weeks ago on Facebook and um, had expressed an interest in coming on my radio show for an interview to promote his new album, which is currently out. It's titled Go Berserk. We are going to listen to two of the singles off of that tonight, as well as promote his upcoming show, which I mentioned uh, this Saturday, February 4th, at the Starland Ballroom. So a little bit about Steve, and he's going to definitely hone in more on that tonight um, with giving some more specific details about his background and where he's from and and all that good stuff. But he's originally from uh, North Arlington, New Jersey, and he still resides in the Bergen County area. He's a singer, songwriter, guitarist, and frontman, as we know, for the Steve Bellow Band. And he's been playing music for a really long time. It's been 33 years. Um, He's currently sponsored and endorsed uh, for Ibanez Guitars, since 2003, and he plays their exclusive seven-string guitar, which is amazing. And everyone will hear him tonight on his music. Uh, He shreds. He's just phenomenal. Uh, Blows me away. Um, He's also a regional endorser and sales representative for VR Strings. So Steve is going to tell us about his music. I don't want to give all the details from his bio and the information that I have. I do do my homework, uh, by the way. So he'll give more information about his genre, what his influences are tonight, um, who some of his, you know, quote-unquote idols are or people that he looks up to in the entertainment industry uh, music-wise, as well as tell us more about some of the other albums that he has out. And his music is available on CD Baby, so please go to cdbaby.com. All right, so let's bring Steve on now that I've given everyone a mouthful here, or an earful, shall we say. Okay, Steve, how are you? Hey, Carrie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Welcome. I hope that was okay, the introduction that I did. <laughs> well, I'm not a singer, but aside from that, uh, everything else was great. <laughs> oh, I did mention that, shoot. That, you know what? That's that okay. was my Freudian slip. Okay. That was my Freudian slip. It was still in the back of my mind from our, our previous conversation. I wish conversation I was a <laughs> Okay. I apologize, everyone. So That's he's okay. an amazing songwriter and guitarist, not a singer. <laughs> there you go. If I could sing, I'd have a okay. career. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have an amazing career, even though you're not a singer. So we'll, we'll give you that. Uh, I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have you on the show and assist you at promoting your new album and the upcoming show that you have at the Australian Ballroom. So it's going to be mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Thank you. 
You're welcome. So why don't you start out, um, and again, feel free to digress, you know, throw any other information that maybe I don't bring up that you do want to convey to the audience tonight. Um, Just start out a little bit telling us about your upbringing. Um, When did you become interested in music? Give us a little information about that. Well, I uh, grew up in North Arlington, you know. Uh, I started loving music itself when I was four. Uh, The first thing I remember hearing was Led Zeppelin. Uh, coming out okay. of my aunt's bedroom, and uh, that was it. I was scarred for life. I, I knew I had to do something <laughs> with music, and, and uh, you know, just hearing all these sounds and seeing pictures of Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, and I'm like, wow, I think that looks pretty cool. And, and uh, you know, as far as actually physically picking up an instrument, I always watched my grandfather play guitar. He was a jazz guitar player, and he used to play in lounge bands, wedding bands, and he used to practice in the living room downstairs of the house I grew up in and you know people would crowd around the window and press their noses against the window and listen to him play and I'd say wow Wow. I think I like I want that attention (laughs) you know and so on one side of the house I had this real heavy rock blaring I had Zeppelin and Deep Purple and I had my grandfather playing uh, you know Girl from Ipanema and I thought man I want to be a guitar player but I want to play this really heavy music and I want people to look at me so it just worked out that I was nine when I started learning how to play guitar and you know from there I haven't been the same (laughs) wow so when you started playing at nine prior to starting at nine did you um take any lessons or is this something that you're self-taught well uh my grandfather he grew up with uh, a bunch of brothers and sisters as musicians they were all musicians okay and as as talented as my grandfather was uh, he, he unfortunately really didn't have the patience to teach, unlike his brothers. And he was trying to give me a guitar lesson, and I guess I didn't pick the string the right way. And, and uh, he was just <laughs> like, I don't know. And I just I'm just going to teach myself. And I thought in the beginning, you know, I can't teach myself. I have to go to a teacher. And I would talk mm-hmm. to my friends and, oh, check out this guy. And I'm like, you know what, I I think I'm going to be better off teaching myself. And, and uh, it's ironic because I am a teacher now. But looking back, it was... Uh, the best thing for me was to teach myself because I I wasn't swayed by anybody except whatever records mm-hmm. I had or whatever was on MTV. But outside of that, I didn't have somebody sit with me saying, you have to play like this. And, and uh, right. I think that's why I play the way I do, I guess. so. That's awesome. So you t- did you teach yourself, too? I'm, I'm assuming you taught yourself how to read music, too? Uh, my grandfather actually helped me with that. He taught me how to read music. Okay. He taught me how to... Uh, look at a piece of paper and say, okay, what key is this? And, and what's this time signature? And, you know, this chord goes with that chord. So he did teach me some things, but as far as learning the actual instrument itself, that was all me. Right, right. Very cool. That's really cool because I love listening to people's stories with how they learned. And, and most people that I've come across actually taught themselves, and most of them can't even actually read. They just know kind of the chords. and So that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> So when you started at age nine, when did you, um, when were you in your like first bands? Like, how did you get involved in your first bands? What was that like? Oh man, let's see. I didn't join my first <laughs> band until I was fifteen. Okay. Uh, from nine until till I was about twelve, I was learning the guitar in bits and pieces, but I knew I wanted to play. And and you know, when I started just discovering heavy metal back in the early '80s, you know, with the advent of MTV and 
you know, I got to see my first Iron Maiden video and Judas Priest and Loudness <laughs> and Scorpions, and I said, you know what, I have to grow my hair really long and, and wear leather. I I have to. And and I said, okay, but I'm just not good enough to be in a band, and, and I'm, I'm not a good lead player, and I didn't think I was cool looking, and I thought, ah, I'm not ready for a band. And and I joined my first band. I was 15, and that's when I realized I can't work with singers. And I just... <laughs> I knew I had to be in a band, though. It just took me a long time to do what I'm doing now, but, you know, <laughs> so, I learned okay, a lot early an, on in my first band. <laughs> that's an interesting comment you made. So what was it, and, and we could talk a little bit more, because I know predominantly what you do is you front your band, and it's just instrumentals, correct? I mean, yeah. for the most part. Okay. So what it was totally it about, is, yeah. that was, what was it about the, uh, the singers? That was a pretty, uh, well, it's all me. I'll be honest, you know. Okay, there I, you go. <laughs> I set my ideals very high. I raised the bar very high for myself, and I'm thinking, you know what? I want to be Richie Blackmore. You better be Ian Gillen. And <laughs> and, and my first, the first singer, he couldn't carry a tune in a basket. And I said, you know, screw this. And and uh, I, I never, ever to this day, I could never find the singer that was like my Robert Plant or my David Coverdale okay. or my Sebastian Bach. You know, they just in my world they don't exist. You know, wow. they, were in, they were in other bands, and I just said, you know, I'm just tired of singers. <laughs> but it was the first band I was in that really set the course for how I was going to interact with other musicians, and mm -hmm. that was my first rule of thumb. But everybody kept saying, well, you know, you need to be in a band with a front man, somebody that gets the audience going, and it just seems like every band I was in since my first band in high school, I always heard this same thing, dude, go instrumental. And I'm like, well, you know, unless you're Steve Vai, you know, no one wants right. to hear instrumental music. And, and uh, everything for me since, you know, my Ibanez deal in 2003, it was everything happened purely by accident. Wow. Uh, you know, definitely remind me to get to that because that's really, I want to answer okay. a little bit more about the sponsorships. I think that's a really interesting concept that I haven't gone in, gotten into with like other bands that I've interviewed. Um, okay. but that's, that's, that's interesting. Cause I'm thinking, and again, my mind thinks, well, that's psychological wise, just because of my background. So when you first said, you know, the singer situation, I was thinking you were going to say because of the ego and the problem with the narcissism, that was the first thing that came to my mind. So I was really surprised in a way that you said it was more just because you couldn't find someone who could really sing at the level or caliber you were looking for. So that's really interesting. Well, there were egos too, but <laughs> right. that was definitely... Uh... <laughs> but that wasn't, I guess, the main thing that was deterring you from, you know, no, getting wasn't. involved was, in the band. You know, because growing up as a kid, you know, a little 14-year-old wannabe heavy metal dude, I would watch other local bands and they'd have these great singers and, you know, they can sing what was on the radio. You know, there was this one local band and, you know, they... They did Dokken and Rat and Motley Crue, and I'm just like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, the singer's got a pretty good voice. And I'm thinking, why can't I have a singer like that? You know, it's almost like God right. was saying, uh-uh, I don't think so. <laughs> and, uh, right. <laughs> right. And I, I believe me, I've worked with some very good singers over the years. Don't get me wrong. I've worked with some really good vocalists. But cool. I, I just hit a point. I said, you know, I'm just tired of this. And, and yeah. I didn't do anything for a number of years because I just, I, I couldn't, get into the whole scheme of things of, okay, this is what a band's supposed to be. And, right. Right. you know, now that I'm doing my own thing, I'm kind of raising the bar again for myself. Like, okay, if I'm going to do instrumental music as a career choice and I have to carry the flag, so to speak, you know, and I definitely need mm -hmm. people behind me. It's not all about me. And uh, 
I, I'm thinking, okay, I got to carry the weight. Except the only time I open my mouth is to talk, and fortunately, people are blessed that they don't have to hear me sing. So <laughs> I just play my guitar. <laughs> so that was that's it's it's great. I mean, you're just you're phenomenal, Steve. You're really really talented, and you definitely have your own original unique sound. <laughs> but that was interesting. You said for a while, did you? Stop like looking to put your own band together because you made an interesting comment that for a while you kind of I don't know if you meant that you took a break or what was going on before you actually I don't started the Steve Bellow band. Well, I guess it'll factor in you know when we get to the whole Ibanez thing, but just a short oh, okay. version. Okay. And, no, just a short version is that you know I never thought I had leadership capabilities. I always gotcha. thought I was going to be so and so's guitar player, and I was pretty content with that. And then. Mm-hmm. Every band I was in, I wound up steering the ship anyway. Well, Steve, you're good at booking clubs, and Steve, you're good at arranging songs, and Steve, mm-hmm. you're good at talking to the people. And I'm like, well, let's see, you started this band, and I'm doing all the works. Right. <laughs> you know? I know so that's like, young, okay. Steve. I've been there yeah. uh, one too many times. <laughs> yep. But you know what? It's kudos to you because you need those factors to make it in this world yes. today, whether you're being in an instrumental band or you're being in a band with, you know, lead singer, you have to have those abilities or you, or you can't get to that next level. So that's great that you have all that stuff. I do my best. Cool. Man. <laughs> all right. So why don't we do this? And then we'll, when we come back, we'll definitely start talking about your, uh, your sponsorship with Ibanez guitars and all that stuff. Okay. Let's, um, let's talk about your first single that we're going to play is, which is Go Berserk, which is the title track off of your album. So tell us a little bit about that track and then uh, we're going to check it out. Uh. Well, let's see. That particular song, uh, all the songs except for Chomp, which was written by uh, the bass player Joe, all the songs okay. on the CD I wrote four years ago. And I could never get anything together. I couldn't find the right people. And then one morning, boom, you know, it just happens. Uh, that particular song I wrote, um, a lot of people say there's a heavy Rush influence, which I wouldn't deny because I, I grew up a big Rush geek, but... Uh, okay. There's other underlying influences that I hope people will pick out. I won't spoil it for anybody on the air, but it was one of those songs where I thought, okay, I want to write something funky but really heavy and that you could still kind of tap your foot to it and not realize you're tapping your foot to odd time shifts. Okay. And, okay. and that was cool. the whole point. And as far as the title, I love old school video games, and that's why everybody said, why do you spell Berserk with a Z? And I said, well, if you remember the video game Berserk from the 80s, that's where I got it from. So. It, it's a, it's about my love of video games and, you know, just nice. writing weird heavy metal licks. <laughs> and what was that video game from? Which one was Berserk on? Uh, it was it was, was a game it? called Berserk. It was where the guy ran yeah. around and shot the robots. <laughs> was it on Atari or was it on, like, what was it? It was in the arcades system? and then it was on Atari. Oh, it was in the arcades. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. No, gotcha. I'm really dating gotcha. myself. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Hey, no, I love video games growing up, the old Nintendo and all that stuff. But it was, no, the reason I asked, too, is because when I was listening to, I'm a big Howard Stern fan, I'm listening today, and he was talking about just how, you know, all the kids today would never know what Atari is and, and that older no. stuff and just how things have changed so much. So, no, that was a cool, uh, nice little trivia piece of information about you. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so why don't we, I'm going to put you on hold, and we're gonna. Okay. I'm going to do a, brief advertisement, and then we're going to go into your song. Cool. All right. All right. Hold on. Okay. All right, everyone. Again, you are listening to Steve Bellow on The Carrie Edelman Show. And be sure to check out his album, which is titled Go Berserk. 
It is available right now on CD Baby. First, we're going to check out an advertisement by Zero by One Sound Studio. It is the premier South Jersey recording studio, so check out this commercial, and then we're going to go straight into Steve's song, Go Berserk. Zero by One Sound, South Jersey's premier recording and audio production studio, featuring award-winning engineers, state-of-the-art gear, and spacious tracking rooms. Zero by One Sound offers musicians of any genre an exciting and professional recording environment. Call us now at 856-396-7672 to discuss your project and take a tour of the studio. Or visit us on the web at 0x1sound.com.
right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, and that was the amazing song, Go Berserk, by Steve Bellow, and as I mentioned earlier, he shreds on guitar, and that song absolutely displays his amazing capabilities. So uh, please check out his music, go to cdbaby.com, and purchase a copy of his album, Go Berserk, and we're going to bring him on back now to talk about his uh, signing with Ibanez Guitars in 2003, and here's some of uh, his background on that. All right, Steve, great job. Sounds amazing. Oh, that guy's pretty good, man. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Does he give lessons? He I hope so. You right? own it. That's the nice I thing do. about well. you. <laughs> you, do. you know what? I'd rather, to be honest with you, Steve, I'd rather see someone own it than, you know, act like a jerk. At least you recognize it. You have insight into it, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so, again, Great playing, really good, Thank and you. kudos to everyone on the album. It sounds oh, they did really a fantastic good. job. Everybody did. They really did. And feel free to plug uh, a couple, you know, any of the members um, of the band that's currently working with you. Well, uh, right now the bass player Joe Demott, he's been with me a couple of years, and uh, okay. he and I actually have a bit of a history. We played in a band back in 1990 called Quiet Zone, and uh, I think three people remember that band, but. You know, when it, the time came around for us to get back together again, it, it really fe- it felt natural. As, a cl- as cliched as that sound, it just felt mm-hmm. very natural. And, uh, you know, the drummer that's on that CD, his name is Ed Faust, and he's a terrific drummer, and I'm glad I got to work with him. Uh, you know, cool. he's a session cat, and, you know, he's very busy, and he had other gigs coming up. And I said, you know what, I want you to have fun. Go have a good time, and, uh, you know, life is good. And for cool. the Starland gig, I've got T.C. Tolliver filling in, and he's played with the Plasmatics, T.M. Stevens, Jolyn Turner, and I've known T.C. for nice. quite some time, and we had our first rehearsal with him. That's probably our only rehearsal with him until the show, but uh, okay. <laughs> it was great. We had a great rehearsal. It, it, you know, it's like every time I play, I think, man, I'm 42, but I still feel 18. This is amazing, so. That's awesome. Yep, it doesn't matter how old you are. As long as you feel it and you act it, that's, that's what counts. Uh, you're know? absolutely right. <laughs> um, and real quick, I'm just curious to know where did you the, the album sounds really good too. Where did you end up recording it, and and who mixed it? Well, uh, the, ironically, the studio closed its doors uh, September 11th last year. Uh, we recorded it at Bennett Studios in Englewood. It was run by Dave Bennett huh. and uh, uh, the producer. His name is Johnny Truesdale, and I've known him okay. for quite some time. And his his uh, his engineer buddy Addy. Pandit, I hope I'm saying his last name right. Uh, you know, they, they both did an amazing job really sitting down and scrutinizing and making sure the tones were right and everything was cool. just so. But at the same time, my big thing was, you know, keep it as live as you possibly can because there's okay. nothing I hate more than something that's so squeaky, polished, clean that it's right. just, <laughs> it just sounds inhuman. You know, like, man, they did 75 guitar parts. I'm like, all right, now you got to hire 75 guitar players to recreate right. it. No, man, I got, I could do it now, you know. And, and the thing I told Johnny, and he re- he listened to me, and I listened to him. I said, look, I want to recapture the vibe of, like, the old Zeppelin and the Van Halen records where you really feel like you're in the studio as they're recording it. You know, it, it doesn't sound yeah. plastic to me. And he said, all right, that's a great idea, but at the same time, I think we should try these little tricks and these little tactics and – I think it was a good meeting of the minds, and uh, he he said one of the best things I ever heard. He said, wow, for the first time, I don't have to play band psychologist. He says, you're actually willing to listen. And I said, well, I want this album to do well, (laughs) you know, and it behooved me to say, no, 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 and then say, well, you know what, how come no one's talking to me, and how come no one buying the album? Well, because you didn't care, you know, so 
that's that's pretty much that's it. I mean, great. everybody that's helped me, from Joe and Ed to Johnny and Addie, you know, even uh, my friend Rob, who took the front cover and the inside photo for uh, Paragon Magazine, and, and uh, you know, Ed's sister-in-law, Deborah, she helped with the, the uh, front cover of the CD. Everybody did a tremendous job. You know, like I cool. said, it's not all about me. Even though my name is on the album cover, everybody had to lend a hand, and they, they all did a terrific job. Yeah, no, and I think you did. I think you did capture what you were looking for while still getting a polished sound. So it definitely does sound like you're in a live, you know, setting with the band. But it does sound, you know, nice and polished, but not like you're saying, not too over the top and commercial. And we'll talk on the side because you'll have to kind of kick my butt a little bit because unfortunately. <laughs> I am the type of person that wants everything, you know, perfect and polished, and you can kind of make me uh, get out of that mode a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'll do that quick. <laughs> okay. Here, have a slayer we'll have to work you know? together at some point. I'm very flexible in this <laughs> mind, and you can say, Carrie, nope, we're not doing that. And I'll be like, all right, Steve, I'll go with you. <laughs> um, so, no, that's cool. No, the album's great. Um, yeah, so talk, uh, talk about your Ibanez uh, guitar endorsement and how that came to be. That, I'll tell you, it's probably one of the most interesting stories I've ever been a part of and that I still tell, and I, it never feels old. And uh, If anybody's familiar, there was a metal band that unfortunately has since uh, broken up. There was a band from Colorado named, uh, some people pronounce it Jagpanzer, and I always pronounce it Jagpanzer. Either way, you know, they were a great metal band that's no longer together, unfortunately. Uh, but they had a guitar player you might have heard of. He's now in the band Megadeth. His name is Chris Broderick. And okay. back in uh, 1999, when I first heard them and I heard Chris's playing, I was just like, oh, my God, and he's playing seven-string. Wow, I'm learning seven-string. <laughs> you know, between him and Jeff Loomis of Nevermore, I was just like, yeah, I have to really pursue seven-string. You know, I had this thing wow. sitting around. It's cool, you know, and, like, these guys really pushed me. And I'm like, yeah, I got I to gotta really play seven-string. And... Now, back in 2002, uh, I was with a friend of mine, and we went down to the Birch Hill to see Yagpanzer. They opened for Iced Earth. And oh, wow, okay. He, oh, yeah, my God, was a great wait a show. second. Just to, just to digress, Iced Earth, was that band that, and I, don't quote me on this, that Richard Christie played drums for? Yes, that night he did, yes. Oh, my gosh. He was he was on my show back in October, or at the end of for, September. Was it for his band, Richard- Wall the Dam? Yeah, yeah, I interviewed him for his album yeah. of that because that was coming out. Yeah, oh wow, that's funny. Cool. Yeah, I saw Very that cool. show. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, so my friends looking at the inside of the CD cover, they had an album out at the time called Mechanized Warfare, and there's a picture of Chris playing, you know, another brand guitar, and he goes, "Hey, Bello, man, you know, why don't you go up to him and tell him to play Ibanez? What's this?" And I said, "Nah, it's not me, man. You know, that's not my stick, you know." And Right, And it just so happened, I, we get to the show, and we walked in late, and there he is on stage playing the, a guitar that I own. It's a, it's a magenta seven-string. Okay. And I'm like, Jack, he's playing my guitar. He's like, dude, he's playing an Ibanez. I said, yeah, this is really strange. We were just talking about this. And I'm like, ah, you know, he he's going to be so busy talking to his fans. I'm just a speck of dust, you know. And, right, right. Uh, as it turns out, I you know the show ended. I went downstairs to excuse myself, and he's standing by the front door signing autographs. And I looked right at him, and I, I started talking to him like I knew him for 20 years. I said, "Chris, I'll be right back. I have to ask you something." Yeah, sure, man. I'm like, "Uh-oh, what did I just do?" <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I, I can't put the crap back in the donkey now. I gotta, I just gotta tell him. And uh, 
you know, I walked up to him and I said, wow, what's up with the Ibanez? And he goes, this is the best guitar I've ever played. And I was like, "That's I have that guitar. Really? I, wow. I, I, I just picked this guitar up, man. This is sweet. And I said, look, I worked at Victor's House of Music years ago. And I said, look, I'm friends with an, the Ibanez rep. I'm going to tell him about you. Oh, okay, sweet. You know, and uh, right, right. I made a couple of phone calls, and next thing I know, he signed on with Ibanez. You know, he's since left for for Jackson Guitars. You know, as of last year, and, you know, no harm, okay. no foul. It's a business, and you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And they contacted me and said, "Wow, you know, you know, he's he's amazing. He's incredible. We want to take care of you." Wow. And I said, well, you did. You did. You signed one of my favorite guitar players. Well, right, right. we. We want to help you out now, and will you do clinics for us? And do you have any CDs for sale? And if you want to submit a press oh kit, gosh. and that's because I helped him, and I didn't ask for anything. Yep. And you know, there's a there's a gentleman. He's no longer with the company. His name is Rob Nishida, and he told me on the phone. He said, "You're one of the most selfless musicians I've ever met." He says, "I rarely get phone calls for somebody. Hey, hook a friend up." Mm-hmm. It's always that's about, amazing. hey, man, check me out, you know. <laughs> and, and he said, that's why we're going to help you. And one thing led to another, and, and they're the reason why I have an instrumental career. Wow, that's amazing. You know? And, you know, Steve, I mean, I have to, you know, again, compliment you because you're right. There are so many people out there, and it's all about themselves. And that's, again, that's the whole concept of my show is about supporting people like you and just people doing amazing things out there and helping them out and getting their names out and not asking for anything in return. And if, you know, if something happens and I end up working with someone or, you know, then that's just icing on the cake. But I think yeah. that's, that's such an amazing story and it really shows you that karma does kind of work. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in strange ways. Wow. But, but again, you, you're extremely talented. It's not like they just said we're <laughs> going to pick up some uh, schwab and oh, just sign them anyway. But, um, wow, that's an amazing story. I can see why that doesn't get old. It doesn't because uh, right when all this was happening, uh, there was a guy I used to work with at my last job, and he, I was doing a clinic for Ibanez, and, you know, it was a decent turnout, and, you know, people were buying guitars, and that's really the premise of a clinic is that you hopefully get people enticed enough to want to buy a guitar or, the mm-hmm. like, a couple of pedals, you know. that That's really what it is, and, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a bonus if oh, I bought a CD and, uh a guy I used to work with, he said, you know what's amazing is you did it without slitting anybody's throat. And I said, I don't right. believe in that. You know, there mm-hmm. are, I hate to say this like this, but there are people in this world that that's how they get through life. And I hate to say this, it might work for them. But in the end, what does it lead? You mean in terms of people like manipulating others and just yeah. trying to do things? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, right. I, I agree. You know, yeah, how do you, how do you sleep at night? Really, and uh, for some people, they might have not have a conscience. You know, they're a robot. Mm-hmm. That's that's them. Yep. With me, it was never a case of, hey guys, you know, I gave you Chris Broderick, man, and you got to take care of me. I never thought right. that because, to be honest, I was the last person in the world. I was like, you know what? I wasn't playing in a band. I wasn't really doing any music. I was working. I was teaching. You know, I was a family man. I'm still a family man, of course, and. Uh, Right. You know, the last thing on my mind was, I think I need an instrumental career. I think I need an endorsement. Yeah. Right. It just never, right. That never, wow. It, it literally, everything that's happened to me has been purely by chance. I never went out and looked for it, ever. Wow. 
Did you ever you go know, out, like, networking at all? I mean, were you ever just, you know, just going to shows, supporting people, and maybe meeting people in that aspect? Or no, it was just, like you're saying, kind of like happenstance. You introduce someone, and it just comes back to you in good ways. Well, I know when I was a lot younger and I had more energy and I thought I was the coolest <laughs> thing in the world, I used to go to clubs all the time. And, you know, I, I hit a point where it got really stale. And right. I thought, this right. isn't going anywhere, you know. And, and uh mm-hmm. It's interesting how things come back around because now with the with when I say the success of Go Berserk, I mean it's not selling a million albums like Bon Jovi, but mm-hmm. it's out there. People are talking about it and people know about it, and it's getting reviews. And I'm doing the show and I'm doing your show here, and and, and now it's like okay, I got to pretend I'm 20 years old again. I have to start hobnobbing <laughs> and. Uh, Right. You know, hey, man, you know, there's a band playing down the street next to you. Why don't you bring your guitar? And at first I was like, you know, I just want to sit in the crowd. And I'm like, wait a minute, man. Everybody's got to win. You know, all right, I'll bring my guitar. We're going to cover some ZZ Top. Well, I, cool. I love ZZ Top. I love Billy Gibbons, but I can't play like him. Uh, it's going to sound like Steve Vai playing with ZZ Top. It's going to be kind of weird, <laughs> but, you know, let's deal with it. And uh, so my idea of networking is is – not so much being out there 24-7, plastering right. poles with flyers, right. you know, like in the 80s. And, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a whole different networking. And, and you know, it's, uh, I think with the advent of MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Google+, I mean, anybody could feel like they're a star now. You you know, it used to be, uh, actually, I'm going to quote Michelangelo Badio. Uh, he said, in the 80s, if you wanted fame, you had to go after it. Now it can come to you with the click of a mouse. Right. You know, That's I could true. throw and something on YouTube. You. Here's, yeah, here's me in my basement, you know, jamming Slayer covers. Dude, you're famous, you know, and come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. the kind of world we live in, you know, and, and uh, I still believe, you know, my grassroots approach is like, yeah, I, I'm glad people can find me on CD Baby, and I'm, I, I still believe in, hey, I have a hard copy for sale. You know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I still believe in, you know, it's okay to make a phone call and everything through emails is cool, but, you know, um, I, I, I know the networking game. Things change every day in the music industry. There's no such thing as I have the solution because you'll never get it. I know. No. You know, you there's always somebody up late at night going, okay, what don't you know that I do? And, and uh, Right. I just want to play music and everything that happens, happens. Right. Right. That's well, pretty that's, much it. That's not the, we're going to keep on that topic and stuff and then, you know, get yeah. on to other things. But you, you do have a caller calling in, so let's uh, let's see how this is, Steve. <laughs> Who this okay. Is. And what their question is, all right? Okay. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's a joke between you and I. We're not going to reveal our little joke. Yeah. Okay. Like, Mom, get off the phone. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You are um, currently on the Carrie Edelman Show with Steve Bellow. Because you know that I'm probably sporting a three and a half inch pink wet willy while you're sitting over there with a fifteen and a half inch John Holmes sausage. What? I have okay. no idea. All right. <laughs> Looks like we had a, a Howard Stern moment. I guess I can uh, relate to that. Thank you. Whatever that was. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say that doesn't sound like anybody I know. <laughs> No, it doesn't sound like anyone I know either. Uh, he does have a code name. I don't know whether to give it out or not. We'll, we'll just keep it anonymous because that was kind of ah. retarded. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyway, Steve, flowing, I think you know? you're wonderful, and everyone well, else asks him thinks you're wonderful. So I don't know what that's all about, but we'll uh, we'll, <laughs> <pass that. laughs> we'll just laugh. 
because that's what you have to do you in have this to, industry. You, know? you have to laugh you have a lot. To. Yes. Yeah. You know, laughing right. the world left at you, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. One of my friends who, you know, he, he keeps kind of edging me at some point to do, you know, I wish I had like a studio where I could actually, you know, record stuff and then go back and edit it. Unfortunately, I can't really do that with this setup that I have. <laughs> so that was that would have been something I would have removed, but unfortunately it's going to be with us, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it'll be something we can laugh at for years to come. <laughs> exactly. Well, now we got another joke, yep. Yeah. Okay, so, um, there you go. so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your next song that we'll introduce, and then we'll come back and talk more about where you're going with your music career and all the other exciting things that are in store for you. All right? Okay. All right, so this song is called Surfing to Venus, so why don't mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about that track, and then we'll, we'll play it. Well, that was the first song that I released from the album uh, back in March, because the plan was the album was going to come out in April, and then it kept getting delayed, and it finally came out in July, you know, better late than mm-hmm. never. Uh, the interesting thing with that song was I normally write a chord progression first. That was the first song where I had the melody first. And I was okay, actually trying to learn a George Benson thing. <laughs> okay. You know, and uh, I sat there like, okay, i got to find my my, uh, my lounge lizard jacket and play some bop lines. And uh, I'm playing this melody, and I'm, I, I just want to experiment with different tones instead of just playing a straight pentatonic or, or whatever. And, and I'm playing this line, I'm thinking, God, this is the stupidest thing I've ever written. And I played it for my wife. She goes, wow, that's really nice. You should use that. I'm like, okay. My wife said, use it. <laughs> Okay, okay. And, and so I had this melody, and I'm like, what chords am I going to put behind this? This is like a a, a great challenge for me. So I okay. just kept looping this melody, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to throw something underneath that's almost simple, you know, deceptively simple in a way, because the melody is so strong. I can't have this riff underneath that's like yes or rush, which is so convoluted. Right. And I just started chugging these chords, and I'm playing like, wow, I didn't want it to sound 80s, but, you know, one thing I learned in the industry is get out of the way and let the music speak for itself instead of sitting there going, mm-hmm. no, it has to sound like this. And and the song just unfolded before my eyes and under my fingertips, and I had this song, and I remember showing it to a couple of past bandmates, again, from four years ago, and they're like, this is the best song you've ever written. I'm like, yeah, because you like hair metal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not That's about awesome. hair metal. My hair's not high. I look like Getty Lee and... Uh, <laughs> you know, and I kept this song. I'm like, there's something about this song. I mean, it's stupid, but it's a good stupid. And, yeah, that's good. You know, and, and my friend Rob, who, again, works for Paragon, he filmed a, a rehearsal version of it, and we debuted it, you know, just saying, hey, you know, we want your feedback. Is this going on the album? We can't wait for it. I'm like, oh, well, just so you know, the rest of the album is not going to sound like this. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and the people didn't seem to mind. I was afraid people were like, dude, how come this isn't 80s metal? You know, where's where's Rat? And I'm like, no, sorry, this was an accident. <laughs> right. That's no, cool. That's worked, nice. You, know. you go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, yeah, well, it worked. And, and uh, honestly, it got people to say, I want a copy of this album. And they heard the rest of it and said, wow, every song is different. It, it, the album actually gets heavier and weirder as it goes along. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> that was my intention. You know, it's kind of well, like what Lenny Kravitz does. He has the one hit song, and then you buy the rest of the album. You're like, wow, the album, the rest of the album's better. Right. And I'm right. thinking, okay, it works for me. 
You know, just you nice. know, part of my evil plan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And any uh any relevance or concept behind your title, Surfing to Venus? What is what does that well, mean? Well, I I uh I've had a lot of people say, Is it surfing with the alien Joe Satriani? And the answer is no. Okay. Uh, although I did grow up cutting my teeth learning Satriani licks, I'll never deny that. Uh, there was a band from the early 90s that were trying to be a part of the whole funk metal revolution. There was a band called Psychofunkopus, and okay. they had a song called Surfing on Jupiter. And I love planets. I, I like astronomy and astrology. And I'm cool. thinking, okay, instead of surfing on a planet, I think I want to surf to a planet. Okay. In my weird way, I thought, that's kind of cool. So I wrote down surfing to Venus. Yeah, and that happened. Cool. You know, because I try, cool. with all my albums, I try to keep a, a planet theme happening, sort of like, uh, you know, everybody has a a certain shtick where you, it's identifiable, and for me, it was planets. Okay, nice. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> there you go. All right, so uh, let's, uh, let's check out this track, and then we will uh, come back. All right? Okay. All right, thanks. Hold on, Steve. All right, everyone, once again, you are listening to Steve Bellow on The Carrie Edelman Show. We're going to check out his track, Surfing to Venus, and we will be back with him in a moment.
You're listening to The Carrie Edelman Show on blogtalkradio.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Carrie Edelman Show. And again, that was Steve Bellow's song, Surfing to Venus, amazing track. And as you mentioned, it's a little different than some of the other stuff on his album, but it's a huge hit and people love it. So please check out his album on CD Baby, and let's bring him back on now. All right, Steve, you're back on. I'm here. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, very cool track. As you said, it is different, but that's awesome. That's really cool that it's a little unique and uh, stands out from some of the rest of the stuff, too. Cool. I, I do that to keep myself from being bored, so. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have to do that in this day and age. Um, oh, my God. So, yeah, yeah, so why don't – go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about, I guess, what else is in store for you with uh, – this new album, and uh, talk about some of the radio play that you mentioned you're getting in Europe, and that was really interesting. It is. So it definitely is. It's. Uh, I started receiving airplay for the CD. Uh, I want to say the first first to pick it up was in Italy. Uh, There's a radio station out there, and they started playing some tracks off there. And then I had some people in England saying, hey, can we review your CD on our website? And then like, we play a couple of tracks from it on the station. And, and then I have a guy in Belgium, and, and he's been playing it. And then he uses my tracks right. as well as Tony McAlpine's as background music. And I'm like, you know what? I ain't complaining. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right, right. As far as, awesome. uh, as far as America, you know, I, I, I've had uh, out in Las Vegas, they're playing the heck out of it, which is great. And, uh, definitely parts of Ontario would surprise me. That was really cool. And up in Winnipeg and starting to get a little wow. bit in Philly. And, and uh, I think you're definitely the first in Jersey that's to really cool. play it. Very so cool. That's great. You know, and, thank and, you. Uh, I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> I'm honored you're so honored. How, real, real, real quick, how do you go about getting it? Do you have, like, um, a radio promotion thing that you're doing to get it out to all these places that are playing it? Like, how do you do that? I'm always curious to see how the business aspect works. Well, so far, up until this point, I was doing it pretty much on my own. Wow. And I I got in touch with a a good friend. Her name is Jenny, and she is helping me get more airplay. She's been sending tracks to Internet stations and bios and and whatnot, and, and she's really been forthright with hey i really like this music it's got to get in people's hands it's got to get in people's ears and there's no stopping it and you know she's uh she's been really helpful and um you know and i have some people you know in local bands saying hey you know why don't you come up on stage and jam but we'll tell people you have an album so i mean every little bit helps uh, yeah i keep driving the point home that it's not all about me and, and uh I wish I could be like James Brown and do everything. I can't, you know, and uh, <laughs> I just do what I it's do. It's hard. And, yeah, you know, anybody that helps me along the way, I always give them the credit that they deserve. And because oh, uh, if it wasn't awesome. for them, I really wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. And uh, I'd be sitting downstairs going, why why am I not playing? Why am I doing anything? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll have an album sitting yeah, there, you know, as a coaster for my iced tea. but. <laughs> Right, right. But you were proactive. You reached out to me. You did, right? Yeah. Yes. You originally. Yes, I did. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, but, but what's interesting is as long as I've been doing this, I still feel a, a sense of trepidation. Like, okay, I'm going to reach out to this person. They could look at me and go, no. And, you know, this business is 99% rejection. Exactly. And, but you know what? 
if you don't try, you're never going to know. Exactly. And, and you know? uh, it, it, when I contacted you, I thought, okay, she's going to take a look at me and go, oh, dude, go back to Black Sabbath, you know. And, and uh, No. <laughs> it would have been good. Yeah, fine, you know. And, and uh, I'm glad things work out the way they do. And, and uh, you know, as far as other things coming up, obviously, you know, we've mentioned the Starland show, which is huge for me for a number of reasons. And uh, outside of that, you know, I'm just taking it as it comes. I can't force things. And uh, right. whatever happens, happens. If I only do two, three shows this year, then that's two or three shows more than I anticipated. Nice, nice. So you're not looking to do, are you looking to hone in more just on, like, bigger shows versus, you know, playing these local gigs, as we know, that are, you know, tough to, where you got to sell tickets and get people to come out. And I'm sure you have to do that at the Starland, but you're playing with some mm-hmm. really big names. So I'm sure that makes oh, yeah. it a whole lot easier to, you know, to sell some tickets. Um, so what's your, what's your goal in terms of your game plan with playing shows? Do you have a set amount that you want to play over the year, or like you said, you're just kind of taking it as it comes? I, I'm i just doing it as as it comes along. And, uh, yeah. I mean, there are bands out there that are great at really being aggressive and are willing to bite the bullet and do six shows a month and, you know, run the risk yeah. of, okay, we're going to play Dingbats, and then tomorrow night we're going to play a loop lounge down the street and run the risk right. of, uh, you know, 40 people came to Dingbats, but three came to loop lounge. I don't get it, you know. Uh, and uh, Right. I just think with this kind of music, it's not for everybody, but the right. people that have heard it really liked it. And I think with this opportunity with the Starland, it, it's great that I could say, hey, check this gig out, man. Oh, dude, I want tickets. You know, it right. almost became a no-brainer. And uh, it, it is tough out there. It, it's 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 easier, but it's tougher. It's easier because with one click of a mouse, I could say, guess where I'm playing? Right. But that doesn't mean mm-hmm. everybody's coming. You know, right. I, you know, we live in a day and age where, oh, uh, I got my 48-inch plasma TV. I want to watch my Brad Pitt movies. I'll check you out another time. And it may not be yeah. another time because I might not do another gig for a year. Right. right. You know, it's luck of the draw. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it, like I said, it's easier, but it's tougher. And I think with a gig like the Starland, I'd like to think that it can open new avenues and new doors, but I can't force them. I can't say, hey, man, what's next? And It's right. got to be something no, where, I know. Hey, you know, you guys did really well. People dug it. Maybe in a couple of months, you know, if Event Sevenfold or, or whoever flies through here, you can open for them or whatever the case may be. But I, I have friends in bands that are like, hey, man, will you play with us? Is that cool? And I'm like, I just love to play. Right. And I want to get right. the music out there because I know it's good. And and uh, I just want to play. It's not about competition. It's not about blowing people away. It, it's about I want to be with friends. I want to have a good time. And everybody wins. There's no such thing as you sold three more seats than I did. Eh, right. you know, I, no. No, that's just that's not crazy. how it is. And, and uh, you know, I guess going back to the whole Chris Broderick story, the only way in my mind I can move ahead is if I just lay back at the same time. Just say, all yeah, right, where am I going like now? Said, I think it's, it's a happy medium of right going yeah. out and seeing what opportunities you can help other people out with and then hopefully in return and yeah it's kind of like that seesaw type of thing but i think you're you're doing an amazing job steve you have the you know definitely have the right attitude um and the right approach to things whereas you know there's so many people i've come across i've even had i won't name names but in my earlier 
days when I started the show, you know, bringing people on. You know, they don't even give you a thank you. It's, you know, but it doesn't well, yes. surprise me, and it doesn't get me upset anymore because the people like you and there's a handful of others that I've met along my journey of, I don't want to say hell, but a lot of it has been at times, and you know, but it's those people that I keep in my mind, and I try to let the other stuff kind of just slide away, um, and that makes well, it all worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you bring up the whole, you know, thank you thing. Yeah, uh, just one I little thank interview. you means the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's two little words, but it just conveys so much. And, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it intrigues me that, you know, when I was selling copies of the CD, you know, some people would request, hey, man, can you autograph it? Can you personalize it? Fine, mm-hmm. you know. But I always made sure I included a little note. And, cool. you know... It's corny, but no, it's it, not. I, I look at it this way: if if Steve Vai sent me a CD with a note, "Hey, Bello, thanks." Oh my God! You know, I build a shrine, I know. <laughs> and and uh, it, it's it, it, even uh, you know this one band I was actually helping. Now they were a bunch of my guitar students. They had a band, and they were nervous about their first show. And they were like, "Steve, you know, what's the best piece of advice you can give us?" And I said, "Outside of get a good lawyer." I said, make sure you thank everybody before and after the show. Right. You know, that's that's important because don't ever assume that these people are going to come back or they're going to stay in the first place. Right. And even if there's like 300 people in the room, do what you can. Just go up to everybody. You, you know, I don't want to use the word salesman or politician, mm-hmm. but you have to come across as, wow, I'm glad you're here. Not, right. you should be thankful for checking me out. You right. know, because it's, at the end of the day, it's you know you are you are not as big as the music. Right. No, that's I and think that's again that's. Go You know, those people could have stayed home and said, "Ah, I'd rather watch House." You know, but I came out to see your band play, and you didn't even thank me for it, man. I'm glad mm-hmm. I devote House. You know, and uh, it goes a long way. It really does. It so does. I'm going to thank it you, really Carrie. Does. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And that's why even when, like, I love getting hard copies of stuff. And I know a lot of people, for a variety of reasons, A, money, B, the ease of the Internet, like you're saying, you know, people can just send me a quick file of the MP3s. I had a guy, you know, that didn't have hard copies of his book that I'm going to interview, and he had, you know, but I I just love the hard copy for a variety of reasons. It's just very Mm -hmm. sentimental to me. You know I mean? I treasure it, and I just like being able to kind of just, you know, it's tangible. You can put it in. You can read it, whatever it is, but. But I understand that this day and age, things are a lot different, again, with the Internet, too. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's been awesome having you on the show, Steve, and I'd love to, you know, offer people to come back on sometime in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you have some new stuff in a year from now or whatever, please feel free to, you know, and definitely keep in touch with me anyway outside of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you want to come back on at some point, let me know. That sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. So why don't we uh, why don't we tie things up with having you again just plug your upcoming show where people can purchase your album, any websites, Twitter, whatever else you want to throw out there for the audience. Okay. Well, uh, you can check me out on myspace.com/slash/stevebello. Uh, I have two Facebook accounts. One is my personal page, and uh, one is my music page. And I'm sure when you do the search engine on Facebook, you can find either or. Uh, I do have Twitter, but I rarely use it because <laughs> I keep forgetting I have it. Um, you know, you could purchase Go Berserk on CDBaby.com. Uh, you could also get it on iTunes. Uh, you could check out Amazon, Rhapsody, 
And, I, you know, hard copies will be made available at the show, which is this Saturday, February 4th at the Starland. I am just thrilled to be opening for Uli Roth and Leslie West, you know, and it's just amazing. And, you know, there's two other really cool bands on the bill. There's Kashmir and Raftery, and I encourage everybody. I know people go for the one band that they want to see, but I encourage everybody to stick around and check out all the acts. I think that's important. And, um, you know, don't throw food at me. <laughs> that's all I ask. And I love <laughs> pizzas, and I'll be very thrilled. And, um, you know, uh not much else, really, I can think of. Okay. Uh, cool. And just yeah. um, just for you to know, the podcast for the show, once once I go off the air and it's over, will be available mm-hmm. so you can stream it, you can download it, it'll be available indefinitely. So if you want to oh, keep great. plugging so in, people can hear people... my voice all the time. <laughs> yep, there you go, Steve. All the time, you will be available on my radio station. So yeah, please oh, keep Lord. promoting it because my podcasts do, they've been doing very well with, you know, people can't always tune into the live, so they listen to it at work or they download it to their, you know, iPhone or whatever else they have. So, you know, feel free mm-hmm. to keep promoting it. Oh, All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Steve, and best of luck to you and much more continued success along your uh, along your travels and your ways with your album. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Take care, Steve. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, again, that was Steve Bellow tonight on The Carrie Edelman Show. If you tuned in late or for some reason weren't able to listen to the show, it will be available as a podcast when it's over. Tomorrow night, everyone, I'm doing two shows back-to-back this week. Uh, We have a comedian coming on, a female comedian named Mara Marek, and she is also a voiceover actress, and she's going to have a really interesting story. She has a ton of shows that she's doing. You can check her out at maramarek.com. That's M-A-R-A-M-A-R-E-K.com. So she'll be on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the show, you can find me on Facebook. As Steve mentioned, uh, he has a personal and musician page. Um, You can look at the Carrie Edelman page that has all the information. I also have a personal page. My one page has pretty much maxed out the 5,000 people, and I just uh, got up the uh, nerve and trying to find the time to start a second page, which I started a couple of days ago. So for some reason, you can't. Uh, send it to my original page. I have a brand new second personal page that I started. And I also have a music page. Um, you can email me at carrieedelman um, at hotmail.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman, and my official website is com. So thank you so much again, everyone, for tuning in tonight. It is such a pleasure to have the audience listen to the show as well as learn about these amazing guests that I have on my show. And to close the show, I always close it with one of the songs off of my album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. And tonight's song, let's see, um, let's play something a little different tonight. I'm going to play tonight the song Goodbye. It's one of the singles that I'm promoting. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, I should be having some new music coming out soon. It's going to be a little heavier, a little edgier. Um, But uh, check out Goodbye, and if you like it, you can check it out on iTunes and any other major digital sites. Thanks so much again. We will be back tomorrow night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time with the comedian and voiceover actress Mara Merrick. Mm -hmm.